0: hello and thanks for tuning in i am that nerd dad joe williamson it is wednesday it is time for the interview show we've got zach mander on today he's a like a podcaster and a dj and content creator for tiktok very funny guy um and we talk australia and their influence on kids um kids programming because it's everywhere right now it's it's Bluey, it's Micmac, it's uh, Wiggles, it's it's everywhere. You can't... If you have kids, you've watched some Australian programming. So, talk to them about that. Before I get into it, want to say, uh, please, wherever you're watching or listening to this, hit subscribe, hit uh, follow. there's a f- thumbs up button, give me one of those. If there's a five star option, give me one of those. Leave a comment, tell me how much you love or hate the show. Don't care, Algorithm loves the engagement. Thanks so much, and let's... Uh Let's hear from Zach. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. And today I am joined by Zach Mander. You can find him on TikTok and Instagram at Zach Mander or at Zach underscore Mander. Zach, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Joe. Good to be here. Uh, Zach is a very well-known TikToker. That's how I, I kind of came across him. Uh, he's also—you are—you can be humble all you want, but you are—you uh, <laughs> are—you you have a collective noun podcast. Do you and a buddy of yours? I listened to it today. Very fun oh, stuff. Um, even oh, relatable. Thanks. Even though you're in Australia, I'm in Canada. I still found it relatable. The uh, the humor, and it felt like I was uh, part of the gang. Uh, you're obviously a creator. You're a Healy lover. And mm-hmm. Fan of the Heales, uh, which we'll get into, an Australian, and I have a I have a visual gag for this. Um, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't resist here. uh This episode is titled "Podcast." <laughs> Fans of Bluey will appreciate it. Uh, you've got the Bluey <laughs> font there, yeah. It's and I, I did a little animated uh, thing. Yeah. Anyways, man. Uh, so so let's start with TikTok because I. I Look that when I when my my wife we'll talk about the Australian programming for kids in a minute here, but when I when I thought about who I could reach out to, you were the first name to pop to mind because I've been such a big fan of yours. Um, you do kind of kid friendly adult humor uh, on uh, on TikTok, and it's exploded over the last year for you. So tell me about that journey. Yeah, well, like a lot of
1: people, I joined TikTok during the pandemic. Uh, I'm sure. You know, it was the same for a lot of people around the world where you're kind of stuck at home um, and with not much to do. And I really enjoyed it. TikTok, more than any other platform before, I kind of found a connection there because I had a history kind of making like uh, videos for the internet. But this was kind of your skills kind of combining into one platform. It was really fun and fast and casual. And I really, I love TikTok. It's, it's really fun
0: you said you used to do videos before and what other platforms
1: uh facebook and a little bit of youtube but you mentioned uh, the collective noun podcast that was like my sketch comedy group and um so we did a radio show together we did um online videos together for a number of years uh, in australia um but you know during the pandemic and stuff like that that was uh, it was really difficult to do that type of thing that's why i kind of branched out into TikTok because, you know, it was hard to get crews, lots of people together to film things properly. And it was hard to get anyone together to do anything. So you kind of had to do everything yourself with a phone and just you and your, in your uh,
0: lounge room. And, and you found, you found supple ground in, uh, uh, uh being a dad, I, I would guess your child is yeah. more than three. Uh, she is, um, 16 months. She no looks a lot way. older.
1: She's a big yeah. girl. She's actually a very small girl. Is but she? she? She doesn't, um yeah, she's a lot smaller than her peers. She just, her proportions aren't really of a baby. <laughs> she just looks like a small human. Because you know how babies usually, they have like lots of rolls. They've got fat rolls on their arms. Yeah. And they, they've got those cute thighs and big head. She just looks like, from like nine months, she just looked like a small human. <laughs> like we she has long <laughs> hair and she her facial features look kind of like an adult. And so, um, yeah. Lots of people make that mistake. She, she's, she's small, but um, she does
0: look a lot older. That's so funny. Cause I, my, my youngest is turning three next week. Uh, oh, so yeah. I, I should have been able to age proportionate that out, but I was way wrong. <laughs> yeah. She, um,
1: you know, she was born during the pandemic as well. So I guess TikTok was the first place I'd ever kind of made parenting kind of videos, because I guess if you're making creative things, they just reflect what you're going through in life. And parenting is a huge thing. So it's natural that that's going to be something that you talk about.
0: You mentioned that uh, she was obviously born during the pandemic. What was that like the hospital experience for you? Um, Were you allowed in in the hospital? you know, how did they handle that?
1: Uh, Australia largely fared very well during uh, the pandemic. And so uh, we had we uh, had a where I live actually, we had very few lockdowns, we had very oh, wow. few cases and things. So, there are other parts of Australia that went through long lockdowns, but uh, we only had basically maybe a period of two weeks in the two years. So, you know, and that spread out, we just did these snap three day lockdowns. So, <laughs> um, we're just like they would have hard border closures, and so like no one came in, no one came out. And if they found a case, would lock down for three days while well, they sorted it out, kind of thing. And so it wasn't that bad. The only restriction was that we weren't allowed visitors. But to be completely honest with you, you I kind of enjoyed being in that bubble without all these people coming in, you know, visiting. And then once we went home, we could kind of have visitors and stuff. The only problem was they cancelled all like um, mothers' groups and things like that. So it was a bit isolating, particularly for my wife in the weeks afterwards because. Um, usually a lot of people find their kind of parenting peers through those types of groups and we didn't have that. So that was the only, uh, or the most significant downside for us.
0: Yeah. That's I, I, something I would never have thought of is those after, after birth, uh, groups. So that's, uh, that's interesting that that was the part that, that struggled, but I'm with mm. you. I think, um, the quiet time alone, cause you're gonna get <sighs> constant company family's helpful when you get home but for those first few days i i, I get it <laughs> well how about this what do you think of this as an initiative
1: we regret not taking this up but the hospital we went to right they are across from uh probably the nicest hotel in the city and so what they do is a part of their program is if you've had a you know complication free birth is like after the first day that you're there they offer you the option to move into this hotel and you can do a couple of nights in this hotel and where well, they have staff on the floor that they're on, uh, you know, hospital staff who come and visit you. And they've also added a few things to the rooms, like mother's chairs and things like that. So you have the option of uh, overlooking the city, being in a luxury hotel to kind of recoup for a couple of days. And we've pretty much regretted in the 16 months prior, uh, afterwards, not taking out that option. Cause every time we go past the hotel now, we're like, we could have been there. <laughs> we could have. Why
0: didn't you relaxed. take the option?
1: Oh, cause we were first time parents and we were like, we got scared. We're okay. like, Oh no, we should stay in the hospital. Um, it, it would have been totally fine, but you know, we freaked out a little bit and we're like, no, we need to be around all these beeping lights and, and you know, the nurse coming in every few hours. But in the end, we probably didn't need to do
0: that. Did you get a nice chair that reclines into a bed? Is that what you got? No, I got
1: a, um, it was similar. It was kind of like a, uh, bench seat, you know, so okay. it's like half couch half bed and like i'm um you know quite tall so like i i could barely fit on it and it was a it was a strange experience but i mean obviously my discomfort was uh pales in comparison to what my wife went
0: through so i'll just zip my mouth on that one <laughs> it, it's not it's not it's not a you moment zach no uh, no uh okay I, I, have, I have one more thing i want to ask you about and that's regarding your TikTok and healy's mm-hmm. I have never owned a pair of Heelys, but damn it, if your videos don't make them look fun. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, I didn't know until a couple of years ago that adults—they made adult-sized Heelys—and so you know, we'd all know Heelys, um, you know, from childhood, These shoes that had a wheel in the heel, and you could glide around. You see kids like in airports a lot with their bags behind them. But I was online one day and I was like, hang on, these are adult sizes and we couldn't actually get them in Australia. You still can't. We had to contact the manufacturer or the (laughs) importer. I forget who it was, but we had to contact like, you know, some high up person in Healy's and like, can we get our hands on some? And so that was a few years ago. And ever since um, my friends and I all got them and none of them could figure out how to do it. None of my friends. And um, so they couldn't Healy. And so uh, it was just left to me. And so I kind of didn't really do much with the Heelys for a few years. And then TikTok came up and I'm like, I want to get the Heelys out and uh, film some of this fun. And they're the best. They're so much fun.
0: When I watch you, the, the idea of falling and breaking my wrist is all I see. I'm like, I, I, I'm i going to kill myself if I get those. <laughs> uh, yeah, my friend did fall a few times. Um,
1: <laughs> and and he got close to some injuries. So it yeah, is possible.
0: I believe it. Uh So the the purpose of this call, the purpose of this conversation is uh, my wife and I were sitting there watching uh, Bluey the other night and, uh, and my other, I have two, I have a six and two year old, assumed to be three. And uh, between Bluey, the Micmacs and the Wiggles, we started talking about what is it about Australia and their, their penchant for kids programming? Um, Are, are they as, are those three as huge locally as they are around the world? Like, do you do you feel it in Australia? Uh, the Wiggles certainly.
1: Uh, Bluey definitely as well. Um, the Micmax I have never heard of before. No I'm not way. Sure, I'm not sure who they are. Yeah, who are they?
0: Oh my god! I'm gonna have to pull it up here and do this like while we're talking. Uh, hang on, the Mick.
1: well the wiggles have been they've been huge for 20 plus years in australia um yeah they recently actually won a huge competition in australia like we have a youth broadcaster on the radio and they do this big countdown every year of like the hottest songs of the year and um it's like an alternate youth station okay the wiggles did this cover of a tame impala song and there's kind of these rules with this station that, like, if the cover was played on the station, you're allowed to vote for it. And the Wiggles got number one song of the year covering this Tame Impala song for adults. And so, like, they are pretty universally loved <laughs> in Australia.
0: They're awesome. Uh, I'm looking at the McMax information here. Uh, I, I don't, it says the Mic Max fan base now extends far beyond their native country of sunny Australia. Is this, And
1: is this on TV or YouTube or what is it?
0: it's YouTube is where my kids watch it. And they also oh, watch it on like okay. Amazon Pro. but they also watch it on like Amazon prime. So they've had some crossover success into the, the streaming services, but they're, yeah. they feel like i they not are two guys. They're like brothers. They, they seem like knockoff wiggles is what they seem like. They seem like <laughs> like the wiggles. If you got them off, wish.com. Right. And that's, that's what it, what it feels like. And my, my youngest son is obsessed with them. Uh but what, okay, so what is it about Australia you think that that is prime for kids programming? Um, I know you said you're not an expert, but you're a, you're, you're a resident. <laughs> I, I, I don't know.
1: Because to us, that's, uh, so for example, I live in the city that Bluey's based in. And I only found out a year ago that anyone outside of the country had ever, um, had ever even heard of Bluey. So to us, when you say, are we aware how, we're not even aware that these things are going out of the country for most of us. And so like when I made, I made videos about Bluey and I had the hashtag Disney plus and people, Australians got really upset. They're like, you obviously don't know Bluey. Why are you hashtagging Disney? Cause they had no idea that it was like accessible worldwide. And so we're in our own little bubble. Um, well the world's biggest Island. So I don't know why, um, I, I don't exactly know why I think maybe it could be too, due with the fact that um, we have a good national broadcaster. A lot of these shows are made uh, with the help of the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And that's like a state, funded, um, a state funded platform. And I think of like all the most iconic kids shows in the world, and they're all kind of fall into that category. You got like Sesame Street, which was on PBS, which I think is a partly state funded thing. I'm not sure of the exact yep. breakdown with America. But, you know, I know Peppa Pig is on the BBC, which is the British version of the ABC. And so the only thing I can think of is that we just have a strong, a strong um, entity um, funding these things.
0: <laughs> you know, what's in Canada, we have the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Company. And, and we have, you know, I, I think of from my childhood, I'm going to think of Mr. Dressup and Fred Penner, but they never blew up internationally. They never blew well, up the way. I
1: think with the, um, I think Australians, and this is part of uh, I've noticed on TikTok, because TikTok's kind of like the first, obviously all social medias are global, but TikTok's, TikTok's the first one that will put your videos in front of other countries. I've, so I've never had so many people from other countries watch videos. And so um, I have noticed on TikTok over the last couple of years, and I wonder if it's the same with the kids' TV, uh, people are kind of fascinated with Australians to a certain degree. Like, we're a little bit different. We, we speak funny, um, but not so different that you can't relate. So maybe there's something to do with that. Like, um, I know, uh, I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but I know Americans, you know, like to make fun of Australian accents and, and stuff like that. And so I wonder if it is just that thing where it's like, a little bit different a little bit exotic but not so much that i can't figure out what's going on
0: i think there's also a likability factor inherently with australians and i have ne- and i think canada gets this a little bit too i've never heard someone say i fucking hate that australian right? i've <laughs> never it's never been uttered right uh and, and i think canada gets it a little bit too it's like oh those canucks and i think people <sighs> like the culture to your point especially the american culture it's different but not not so different. The accent is there, but they can still understand. Um, so it's an accessibility factor. But I, I think there's a likability there. I, I've never been to Australia, I would love to go. I also know just enough to get me in trouble. And I think that's also a danger too. But um, yeah, but I think there's kind of a
1: there's a bit of a mythology around Australians where it's like, uh, the animals and the, the beaches and the, um, you know, the desert or the outback, and some of it is exaggerated, some of it's true, but I think there is kind of like that, that mystery to it. And so when you have something like like Bluey, which is like very Australian, um, yeah, I think there is kind of that, just a little bit of a hook there
0: where people are like, oh, is that, is that really like
1: that, that place? I,
0: I think, uh, I, you know, I, I introduced my sister-in-law to Bluey recently, because um, I love it. I, my kids will, i'm constantly putting it on i find the show genuinely funny and i was introducing (laughs) it to my sister-in-law and she says i almost get the impression this show is for parents on how to parent because they're constantly saying yes to their children so no matter what crazy idea or game the kids want to play the parents are like yeah let's do it um and there's and it's encouraging playing with their kids and i have to admit I've taken my cues sometimes from that show because I. It's easy to say, "Nah, I, I want to watch TV" or "I want to, you know, I want to do this." It's easy to kind of get stuck in that. But watching them constantly play with the kids, I'm kind of like, "That's what I should be doing." So I wonder if it's also geared towards an adult uh, I think audience so. as well.
1: I think, um, you know, it, I remember back when Shrek came out, like in the early 2000s. I'm not sure if a movie had done this before, but I remember my parents talking about. I was a kid then, and they were like, oh, it works on so many levels. And I'm not I'm sure if a kid's programming had done that before. But it seems to me like that there's not that many, even now, 20 years on, there's not that many TV shows that do that. And Bluey does do that in a very concise way. You know, in seven minutes, as you mentioned, there was I was watching the other day, and the dads were having a barbecue, and it was just kind of like a throwaway comment. But one of them was talking to the other one, and it was... You know, something that the kids wouldn't get, but he was talking about that uh, Bandit and Chile are having a conversation about whether or not he should get neutered, like get a yeah. snip. <laughs> and um, and I just thought, well, that's obviously in there for the parents because the kids don't know what that means. And it's, you know, it's harmless to the kids, but the parents would get a laugh out of that. And so uh, maybe to your point on that, I wonder if the Australian thing is like Australians are laid back and and Australian men, you know, they are kind of like jokers and larrikins, and it, it's not too dissimilar to Bandit in the show. And so maybe that personality doesn't exist in other cultures as prominently. And maybe that's what people are attaching to, of this like this fun-loving family.
0: I also think it's unique in that, and man, I didn't mean to turn this into just a 10-minute talk about how great Bluey is. But oh, I'm I happy that- to. Well, I uh, feel so stereotypical. It'd be like if you called me up, it's like, hey, can you talk about hockey for 20 minutes? Because <laughs> I can't. But I, I almost, uh, when I watch Bluey, I get the, the family dynamic does remind me of The Simpsons. And, right. and I, I get that family dynamic, but it's aimed at children. It's not aimed at preteens. It's not aimed at eight year olds. My two year old, three year old loves Bluey. It's very unique. Such a very well, unique process. Well, what I'm
1: loving about it is that my uh, nieces, uh similar ages to your kids, and they've started to talk like Bluey, which I love because before that they were taking their cues from Peppa Pig, oh. and uh, so she was saying "mummy," um, you know, uh, "mummy, mummy," in this like real <laughs> English accent. And I was like, "No,
0: no, we um, we have
1: a we have our own accent."
0: My six-year-old says biscuits. I'm not lying. To you. <laughs> He, when he's pissed off, he'll go ah biscuits. And the first time he said it was adorable. The hundredth time, I'm like, mm, okay, I get it. But it's still. Do you guys terrible.
1: even have um? What are biscuits to you? Are they like uh, things that you eat with a roast?
0: No, he. I, I call them cookies. Like cookies? Yeah. Yeah, cookies, them right. cookies. Yeah. What are biscuits there? Cookies. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. The yeah. Same. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a Australian no, no, slang? What, I don't, don't we, know about.
1: Um, what are biscuits? or isn't it Americans like it's like a scone isn't it I don't
0: that know.
1: you have with like a like with gravy biscuits and gravy is a thing right
0: yes biscuits yeah. and gravy yes okay in that context yeah and, yeah. and uh, you know if you get certain chicken places like we have I don't do you have Popeyes there no Popeyes chicken okay so Popeyes you get chicken and biscuits uh anyways that I digress uh oh, no. <laughs> um and and so you've never heard of the micmacs which just cracks me up because i hear i thought i was like they've got billions of views on youtube he's gonna know the micmac no well
1: man that's the funny thing you know about the internet the um and we're becoming more and more like this we used to have like a monoculture where it's like there was three channels and you could go to work the next day and you go, hey, did you see this on you know, channel 10 last night or whatever? But now we're so siloed into the things that we consume that there can be people who are known worldwide in certain circles, but you know, you're, it might be your neighbor and you'd have no idea <laughs> because they could be in their, you know, in their basement or their lounge room and they put up a green screen and they're broadcasting to the world And there'd be certain people that you'd be walking down the street and they would, um, you know, people would, you know, start crying and freak out and be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is a Macs. And then you could walk past 10 other people who'd go, I've never heard of them before. And so it's a fascinating time, uh, just media landscape in the world where, um, you know, I have a friend who makes is a content creator and she said that she was in LA. Uh, She's an Australian from Sydney and people would be yelling out the window at her. And then, you know, in her hometown, you know, she might not get recognized. And so it's funny how you can. It's just kind of spread out now,
0: but across the world. There's all these little niche markets, right? And if you yeah. find your niche, if you find your audience, like there's a reason why I'm doing this at 1130 in <sighs> local time in what used to be a nursery, which is where the monkeys uh, are up here. <sighs> uh, so there's a reason why because you never know, maybe I'm going to find my audience this way. So uh Zach, I greatly appreciate your time tonight, buddy, or this afternoon for you. I appreciate it.
1: Pleasure. Not a problem at all.
0: So everyone can find you on uh, is it TikTok and Instagram mainly? Are you on anything else?
1: Uh, No, it's mainly those two.
0: Um, two? Yeah, whichever you
1: choose, whatever you fancy. Instagram just has a few more photos. That's all. That's the
0: only difference. All right. A little more personal touch. Uh and uh and check out the Collective Now podcast, wherever you get your fine podcasts, I'm sure. I listened to it on Spotify today. Oh
1: great. Yeah, that's
0: fantastic. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Joe. That's it. It's the show. Wanna thank Zach for taking time to meet with me. Fifteen hour time difference. That was fun to schedule. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm greatly look I'm, I say this all the time I'm greatly appreciative of anyone who takes time to talk to me so when I slide into some randos DMs with hey I have a podcast do you want to talk um, the fact that a great a good majority of the people say yes I've been ghosted a couple times we'll eventually get into that one day when I'm, when I'm big and famous and I don't mind burning bridges do that shit one day When I don't need them, and they need me, I will burn those old fucking bridges to the ground. Uh, Anyways, that's another story for another day. And I want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network, as well as me. I blog for them, so if you can't get enough of that nerd dad, head on over to their website. Uh, Pretty good chance you'll find an article from me on there somewhere. And uh, he's got a good show himself. Monday to Friday, three-ish, wherever you get your fine podcasts and probably your shitty ones too. Be well, be safe.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Damn. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is
1: now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods and on the Crier Media Network. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier and more stress free life.